Welcome to the Financial Fun Podcast with your host, Tammy Johnston. This is where Tammy talks with business owner parents and grandparents about the interesting and important subject of money. We promise this to be an interesting and open discussion, as that's how we learn best. And now, here's your host, author of the Financial Foundations. Financial Foundations is a series of books to teach kids about money, goal setting, and living a balanced life. Find out more at financialfund.ca. Here's Tammy Johnston. First things first, I would like to thank all of my listeners that have subscribed and reviewed my podcast and invite you to subscribe and review if you haven't yet. I appreciate you helping us to get the word out and making financial literacy a safe and welcoming subject for kids and adults. Second, please check out my podcast website, financialfund.ca, where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Hello once again, and thank you for joining us for the Financial Fun Podcast. Today, our guest is the energetic and unstoppable Danny Lyon. Thank you for joining us, Danny. You're very welcome. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> so, Danny, would you like to tell us a little bit about what your business is? Okay, great. Yeah. So, I'm in franchising, and uh, I opened a, a franchise in 1996 called Mailboxes, etc., after 20 years in telecommunications. And um, a couple of years after that, I was invited to buy the area franchise rights for Alberta and Saskatchewan. And since 1998, I've helped people get into the franchise and, and then support them once they're open and in business. And that's really what we do. It's uh, in- inspiring to see the different people that, get, that come and looking for a business because so many people want to be in business for themselves. Yeah. And then franchising fits that model for them because it's already an existing system. So it's been really great. Well, the statistics show that uh, franchises are typically much more successful than businesses started from scratch because you're walking, you're buying a system and a way of doing things. Yeah, it's all, it's already existing, and in my experience, it's been the one, <clears throat> the, the the franchisees that follow the system are the ones that are the most successful. So I recommend to people, if you're coming into a franchise, just follow the system, and if you aren't interested in that or can't do that, then then look for a different system that fits you. Or create your own one. Yeah, absolutely. And what is your family situation, Danny? Family situation is uh, uh, I'm, I'm married and we're separated. Connie lives down in, in um, Lethbridge, and, but we're still great friends. And we have three adult children. We have uh, Maggie, who is now backpacking and working her way through Australia. She's 20 years old. And uh, we have David, who is, has his own business. Here in Calgary, he's 22, and uh, Tommy plays uh, professional volleyball in Sweden, and he's 24. Oh, very interesting. So, thinking back to when you were a kid, what was the first time, first thought you had about money when you started noticing it? Uh, very early, um, <clears throat> we I come from a fam uh, family business, and so we were we were always in business on our own. We owned a service station in the little town of Barrens of uh, about 200 to 250 people. And so I got my experience in commerce and uh, business and customer service on that main street. And, uh, and I also got my interest in, in telecommunications and electronics um, on that same street. And uh, uh, I, I would say real early, uh, when, when I was a, a young teenager, my mother taught me how to do the books. In the uh, 
in the business. I could do the posting with her and all that. And so that's when my interest in in uh, finances, cash and finances of a business became uh, interesting to me. And when did you first start noticing that your kids, I know that they're all grown now and, and doing their different things, but when did the kids start asking questions and what were they asking? Um, well, very early as well, because of course they're, you know, we were, we were living overseas in Bangkok just before we opened the business. So, so they, they have been around the business since they were tiny. In fact, Maggie, since she was first born. And, um, so, uh, uh, the interesting thing about that was they, 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 they're all interested in their own business now because of that. And, uh, the cash and the finances, I'm going to say came really early. Uh, we used to actually have meetings. Uh, quarterly meetings at Tim Hortons so I could show them the investment account that Connie and I were investing in. Mm. And, uh, so that created interest. Um, they are, they're all uh, really good at, at uh, saving money. And, uh, they also, uh, have a, a great understanding of what return on investment and, and what you would invest in and all that stuff. So it's really kind of, I'm trying to think of the questions they, they would ask is, of course, they go through, they went through all the, all of the stages that, you know, because, you know, there was a credit card, you could just buy anything. Yep. And, uh, but the, uh, uh, I'm trying to think they, they wanted to know, uh, I'm trying to think savings wise, like they wanted to know how they were, they were keen on how much they had to save for stuff that they wanted to do so that they weren't dependent on us. And that came very early. I would say they were all in that mode before they were 10. <clears throat> so they got it that if they were going to take responsibility for saving, they could do stuff that we might not going to provide to them. Right. And of course, it's, at that time, it's fun stuff and, yeah. and, and, you know, uh, uh, all the PlayStation and stuff like that. But they got it that if they wanted that, they, they would have to be the ones that, that uh, figure out how to earn some money and uh, save. And so they've always been great that way, uh, of having jobs, odd jobs. And, uh, then of course, as they got older, they had summer jobs and, uh, locking money away. So, you know, Davey, uh, uh, they they had education funds that we set up for them, but but uh, like Davey got he he put himself through through uh, college to get his degree, so and that's how he wanted it. So that's quite remarkable, and that that comes from all of that early on, on uh, them being responsible for their finances. Oh, very much so. I, I love I love that. The earlier that they can start learning and and being part of the conversation and figuring things out, the better they are for the rest of their lives because so many. People don't start getting serious about looking after their finances and learning and asking the questions until they're in their 40s. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's been my experience too of, of even people getting into business for themselves. One one thing that that we that kind of kind of uh, we set up we didn't uh, we didn't want to use the phrase that we couldn't afford that. Right. So, so if they wanted something when they were younger and they were demanding, we would say, okay, how, what would it look like? How could, how could we afford that? Right. What would it look like to, to have the, the extra cash outside the budget so that you could have that? And that caused a, a different way of looking at things. Yeah. So many people are just, no, we can't afford it or shut it down or, and then you've got people that don't, ask, the kids won't ask. They don't want to deal with the, the blowback or make their parents feel guilty or anything where I like it a lot more. It's much more empowering going, okay, how can we do this? What are our options? Why do you want it? Because sometimes the kids just want it because, well, my friends have it, or I saw this advertisement on TV. <laughs> yeah, and that's the, great. You know, and, and there was many occasions, examples of when they finally got what they wanted, right? Yeah. Uh, that, that they found out that that wasn't it. 
and it didn't do anything, right? So the 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 uh, the process of getting isn't where it's at. It's the it's uh so, sorry the, the the process of getting is actually more exciting than the actual getting and using. And so, but they got that having stuff that they that they supposedly wanted wasn't really where it was at anyways after a period of time. And uh, and then we we always drilled into them that the uh, I don't know if that's the right term drilled into. We always we always invited them to consider that that the real juice is when you're helping others, when you're contributing to others. And and uh, and I've always uh, uh, spoken with them with the kids about, but everybody as well, is that you know the business owners that focus on money typically are set up for struggle. Yeah. Where business owners that are focused on, on the people, the customers, they're set up for success. And so that's what I've always tried to uh, instill in the kids, that just focus on the customers, whether you're working for someone and it's their customers, yep. treat them like they're yours. And if you are in business, then they definitely are your business, are your customers and focus on them. And the money just flows them. Yeah. A lot of people uh, get it that mixed up, and yes, they're focusing on the money, and then they're wondering why it doesn't come in. <laughs> yeah, well, there's significance and attachment to it, and that's usually we don't usually get what the more significance and attachment we have to something, and typically don't get it. And so when it when you just uh, focus on the source, which is making a customer golden, having a customer leave more lit up than when they walked in the place. If you're doing that, then you are golden, and the money will flow. And you actually enjoy life a whole heck of a lot more as well. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's contribution, uh, you know, there's fulfillment in that, as opposed to sitting and worrying about the worrying about the money, right? Because it'll always be a struggle then. So, so now with all of your kids being like adults and out on their own doing their various things, are you finding that they're having other questions, or or what are the things that you're noticing as as a dad to adult children now? Well, I'll give you an example of uh, Maggie. That's a great question because it has changed. And so Maggie was buying a vehicle in Australia for her and her new boyfriend to go up the West, the West Coast and, and do the stops that she had planned originally when she created that trip. And uh, so she, she calls to get some advice because uh, she got from an early age that uh, a vehicle is one of the worst investments that you can make. Yep. And so she was, they, they were talking about budgeting and so on and so forth and what they wanted. Did they need a four wheel drive or could they get by with an SUV where they were going? And she wanted some of that information to take back to him to explain it. She just wanted to go over it again. But I thought that was great. She got it that, that the a vehicle is one of the worst investments you can make. And uh, she didn't want to waste her money. She wanted to get what they needed and not waste a whole bunch of money uh, on stuff. The, the emotional part of buying a vehicle. Yep. So that's kind of cool. And then uh, other questions. So Davey, uh, David has his business now, and so uh, uh, he has many questions and uh, on margins, uh, return on investment. Uh, he's tripled the sales in that business since he bought it, and just from a year ago. Yep. And it's worth a lot more money. And so now should he's asking things like, is this the time to sell? Uh, and so we have conversations like, the best time to sell is when somebody wants to buy. Yes. Then so <laughs> sell it. And then you just need to have a plan of what you're doing next. Uh, would you go to work for somebody? He can't see himself working for anybody now. And so great. So then you have to have another business to go to or another another business to uh, uh, maybe invest in that somebody else has, has operated. And or or build one. <laughs> yeah, he's looked at that too. He'd really like to, <clears throat> to have a, 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 a consulting business. That's interesting. You know, the questions you're asking about their background in finances, 
And, and now in business, that's what Davey, that expertise that he's gaining, that he's gained throughout his life and he's gaining now in business is what he would like to share with other people. And that's why he's even thought of a consulting business, right, where he could coach people. So even at his young age. Well, in some ways, his young age is, 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 is a drawback for some people, but for a lot of others, it's a major plus because there's so many young people. Like when I was growing up, school and, and parents and all that, work hard in school, go to university, get a good job with a big company and stay there forever. Well, yeah. that doesn't exist now. And there's so many people going, well, do I want to go into debt to go to school and put in all this time? And what if I don't want to do it and all this stuff? And they're thinking about, I want to go into business. But you can take all the courses, but still not really learn all that much, where if they could actually talk to somebody who's closer to their own age that understands and that they can look up to, that's really attractive for, like you said, younger people. Yeah, and there's also that's great, and that's very true. They, 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 there, there's also uh, an, an I don't know what the right word, but it's like invincibleness. Yeah. Right? There, there's a there's a degree of invincibleness inside the, the young people that um, um, if they if something if there's roadblocks thrown up by old guys like me, they will ask why, mm-hmm. why not. Right? And so there's there's a, a courage and a braveness that uh, didn't exist in my era when you when exactly what you said go to go get an education and stay with the company forever even though you might not like the job or the company right? you just take that but it, has, but it has a pension and benefits so you tough it out and you cast down your days to retirement <laughs> security and the benefits yep to stay there for that right and get yourself a government job then you're set even though you might hate it. But, uh, you know, and then, uh, and then, you know, and I, I get to see so many people that did that, uh, you know, they're, they're in their forties and fifties now and the, and their kids are growing up and they've maybe, uh, taken a package from their company, whether it was downsizing or not. And now they've always wanted to be in business for themselves and they, and they want to do some of those things that, that they wanted to do when they were younger that didn't exist for them. And so the young people now are kind of, uh, uh, you know, they have, uh, it's not that they, I don't know if they have, it's that they have more options. They're willing to take those options, is what I see. And, uh, and again, it's that braveness and courage that. Uh, well, they're much more adaptable as a generation because they've been open to so many different things and they've, they've seen. Who, who doesn't know somebody who's been downsized, right sized, outright fired, seen their company go under and they lose their job that way or been through a few recessions? And so they're going, the myth of security, it doesn't appeal to them because they know that it's a myth. So they're yeah. going, okay, how can I make this work? The statistics say that that your kids and my daughter are going to do seven total and complete career changes before they finish working. Not just well, changing companies or, or, or roughly jobs, but seven total and complete career changes before they're finished. Hmm. That would have given my mother a coronary. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, mine too. Yeah. I've done I've done one. I went from telecommunications to being a businessman. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, I, I can't even say that I've done that. I've always been I've I've been in financial services for for my entire adult life, pretty much. And it's like, but even within that confine, it's evolved and changed and and did close to ten years as an employee, and now we're coming coming up on on fourteen years as running my business and it's just constantly learning <laughs> uh you know that uh, flexibility i guess yeah. is maybe the right word for the for the young set now you know um uh, 
Maggie's done her tour of the West Coast and they're going to go back to Melbourne. And I said, then what's next? She says, oh, I'll just get a job and we'll just put some money away because the family's all, his, her new boyfriend, they're all meeting in Thailand and over Christmas. And I said, uh, so where are you going to work? What are you going to do? She goes, well, I don't know. I'll just get a job when I get there. And I go, no, no, no plan? No. I'll just, you're not looking, you know, you're not going online. Like, no, 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 no. I'll get, we'll get to town and we'll stay at the hostel and, and I'll just find one. I always do. And, that, and that's just that gumption and that believability is just, and not wasn't wasn't what I had when I was her age, where it had to be structured and linear and all planned out. Right. Well, part of that is a little bit generated. Part of it's just personality. Yeah. <laughs> part yeah. of it's just personality. It, it it blows my mind with me being such an anal retentive control freak. The people that can do that, because mm-hmm. I don't know if I could. If I was forced to, yep, we could make it work. But I'm going. I like to have a little bit more of an idea of what I'm going into. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know it's just, it's kind of a kind of a neat thing. So you know, um, uh, Maggie was uh, she started working in a store when when she was fourteen, and she by by the time she was sixteen she could run a store, uh, you know, the UPS store franchise. She could run a store by herself. Mm-hmm. She had that experience of doing that, and so uh, yeah, when when she when she uh, tells me that she's just going to go to Melbourne and get a job, you know, there's there's no doubt, right? Because there's just just is. And one of the neat things that she created when she went there was uh, when she was saving money for this trip, because uh, she, she created it when she was 17. Like, this is what she always wanted to do. And uh, she bought a plane ticket uh, for the re- The first thing she did was save enough money to buy a plane ticket home in case it didn't work out. Yep. That's still sitting in a separate account. That gives you kind of a, uh, I don't know, a foundation or a, you know, confidence thing that if it wasn't working out, you just go home and you have the money to get home, right? And then secondly, she saved uh, money for uh, uh, the flight there. And uh, so when she had that, that was all set in her account. And then she saved for enough money that she calculated she would need until she got her first job because she wanted to have fun for about a month before she got her first job. Yep. And so that was her planning when she went over. And, uh, and then she's been... I say winging it, but it's not really. It's just the confidence that she has that she'll she'll get what she needs when she needs it. It's, it's uh, not winging it. It's it's going with the flow, and and she knows that she brings enough different skill sets and abilities because of all the things she learned as a teenager through the different jobs and 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 paying attention to obviously her parents that she knows what she brings to the table. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and they and one thing one neat thing about the uh, all three kids, they're not hesitant to uh, to uh, make a phone call to ask for advice or to discuss something that they're thinking about doing. So they keep us pretty well informed, and uh, they've uh, I, my experience has been they make pretty uh, heady or heads up decisions. Well, I think that comes down to an awful lot of the fact that that you and and Connie have always been so open with them about the subject of money that they know that it's safe to talk to you guys and that you know what you're talking about, which is why I do the books and why I'm doing these podcasts, because I want the parents to learn that it's, it's, it's an important subject and you need to make it normal rather than like the dreaded, you always see the, see the TV sitcoms and stuff and, and have that dreaded, we have to sit down and have the birds and the bees talk and just a recipe for disaster, which is why it's on the sitcoms, but I'm going, that's not how you should be handling that talk, and it's definitely not how you should be handling any of the financial subjects. Yep. 
That's true. And in, in the era that my parents grew up in, it was all closed door kind of thing around finances. So, so it's uh, kind of neat to open that door. And, uh, and my mom helped, you know, once I started doing the books because I was really inquisitive on, what, on how stuff worked. And then it, it just uh, kind of, uh, I don't know if it was by design for our kids, but it was just always an open conversation around savings and money and, and, uh, and uh, investment funds. And, and then those meetings that we had at Tim Hortons was great. They felt, uh, you know, they can, they can make decisions. I love them to make decisions on if they wanted to move to, uh, say, a different mutual fund. And uh, so they, could, they knew what was there and they could look up their own information on what they wanted to invest in. And so, uh, if they wanted to, they didn't have to, and I would take care of it. But that was, it was a, a great conversation, right? And they got in touch with, uh, you know, because in the realm of, I want, I want, you know, I want PlayStation and everything else, when you see that there's, there's money sitting in an account somewhere, it, it could be, the conversation could be, well, let's just cash in some of that, and then I can have my PlayStation. But what they really got related to was this was investment over here. And was something that you don't really, it's not the, the play with money, not the entertainment money, right? This is foundational and, and future money, right? So that, that was a, a great distinction to establish with them as well. Well, the, all, all your, your successful business people and the big tycoons that you hear about, if they've got kids, you hear all the time about how they drag their kids to the different meetings and stuff with them and just, just have them in the room and paying attention so that they would pick up on things. And then as they got older, they could participate more and ask questions and, and that's how they learned and, and passed on the knowledge because they were planning on okay I want my kids to take over the business and therefore they need to know about the business yeah. and I yeah. always remember listening to um, I can't remember why but it was an it was an interview with Malcolm Jamal Warner the guy who um, played the son on the Cosby show yeah and he was talking about how his mom always used to drag him to the meetings with his accountants because he was making very good money being one of the stars of the Cosby show. And he said, at first I absolutely hated it, but he says, looking back now, he says, I cannot thank my mom enough for making sure that I learned about this stuff and, and, and understood what was going on. He says, it has set me up for life because so many of the kids, actors and stuff, they don't have that support and they don't understand and therefore they make really bad decisions with their money because they just simply do not know. Absolutely. And you see it in uh, in sports as well, right? Oh, huge. Yeah, yeah. baseball players and basketball players have gone bankrupt after making all those millions year after year after year. Yeah, Yeah. you see the sad yeah. stories about the, the guy who, who, who got fired because he wouldn't take off his Super Bowl ring as he's washing the cars. Because it's yeah. the only thing that he had left, and he was he was one that was making twenty million dollars a year, and there's yep. nothing left. No, well, yeah, you can search any in, on the web on how many of the former baseball players and basketball players have gone bankrupt. It's just incredible, yeah, all because of uh, poor decisions and and then not knowing. I, I, that, that's a great story about the, the mom taking the taking the uh, uh, Theo. That was his yeah. name. Oh, right, yes, Theo. <laughs> So I met him at, at our uh, at the gala in uh, for the Ensemble Foundation. He was the uh, the, the host one year, a couple of years ago. Maggie met him as well. So and of course we both called him Theo, which he asked us not to do. <laughs> well, yes, but that that habit is like how do you how do you know them? But I haven't seen the Cosby Show in a very long time. But I remember watching that interview yeah. and going, oh, there's there's so 
so many. And because so many people think that, okay, as long as I just need some money and I need to make some more money, if I win the lottery, that will fix everything. And I'm going, no, it won't. Because if you don't have the financial understanding, you don't have those foundational pieces and the ability to ask questions and know who you can actually um, count on and rely on rather than these people that are going to try and take your money from you. You can have all the money in the world and lose it tomorrow because you do not understand how it actually works. Yep. Exactly. I've seen that in business as well. Uh, people all of a sudden started flourishing inside the sales and stuff that they're generating, but the old habits that had had them struggling before just come back to haunt them. And, uh, and then, of course, I've seen the people go the other way that were in struggle, and then they've, they've uh, reached out and gotten help from uh, uh, from other people in their network, uh, other stores and that, and, they, and they've created something totally different. So, uh, yeah, it's all education and all, uh, it's almost a willingness to, um, that you don't know everything, right? And that you've got to reach out and, and get some help. Well, yeah, being, being open to learning, and I, I go over this all the time with like my business clients, my finance. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Are these the people that are, are, are helping you learn and grow? Are they the ones that are challenging you to be better? Are they the ones that are bitching, whining, complaining, and, and sucking the life out of you? Who are yeah. you surrounding yourself with? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's great. Because I always say that, that uh, the reason that the failure rate of small business in, in uh, North America is so high is because uh, the business owners think they know what they're doing. And they think, number two, they think they have to do it by themselves. And so, uh, in all of the work that I do with business owners, whether they're in our franchise or not, because I, I do work with other business owners as well, is, is the networking, right? If you don't, if you don't uh, believe me, then let, let me connect you with somebody that's, that's already done it and, uh, and talk with them. And I'm thinking now that's probably the, the you, would, you would know inside of the business that you do, but that, that's probably the same, same uh, issue at any level yeah. when it comes to finances is people think they know what they're doing and they think they have to do it by themselves. Yeah, or there, and, and another one that I'll throw in with that is 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 the shame and embarrassment factor. Yeah. They don't want people to know that they're having difficulties or that they don't know things because mistakes are bad, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it certainly wouldn't look good, right? And that's what we're all about is looking good. And so uh the um, yeah, so I get that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's that. That's part of the uh, closed door from from way back when that we were talking about earlier, where it, uh, all that stuff wasn't discussed. Yeah. Right. I have to do it on my own, and if it's not going well, I, I can't tell anybody. Yeah. And even if it is going well, I can't tell anybody. Yeah. Just hush, hush. Keep it, keep it close, and and yeah, not a good thing. So to finish up here, what are the three things that you feel are the most important financial lessons that your kids got? The three most important things. I think it's the, a lot what you and I have been discussing is definitely the openness about it. Mm-hmm. And that there's, um, it, there's, uh, confidence and, uh, fulfillment and a whole bunch of pluses in having, uh, a foundational, uh, savings and, and, uh, security set aside investments. And that, um, uh, probably the, 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 uh, the biggest thing is that when you're uh, thinking of, uh, or when they're thinking of investing or, or making a large purchase or, or anything like that, that uh, they get feedback from those around them or from us. Or, um, so 
so some some insights from other people before they go ahead and make that investment. Well, those are very good things that they have learned. So thank you very much for joining us. It was a great conversation, Danny. Yep, thank you. It was a good conversation. I got, I got some gotten out of it. Thank you. It's all good. Have a good day, Danny. Thank you. Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome. Whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundation's Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fund, and Instagram at Financial.Fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fund Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfund.ca.